0: We have with us tonight missionaries, evangelists, revivalists to the uh, Samoans, to Tonga. Uh, they're from New Zealand. I met them in, at Pastor Raymond Black's church in Hawaii, on, on, in Oahu. And uh, we connected because uh, they're radical, and I connect to radical people pretty quick. <laughs> I'm so joyed up right now. You know, I've been drinking from the well. Joel's well. Jesus. Yes. When you break out, when you're praying over the food and you break out, it's pretty cold. Kind of jacks you up good. It's good. It's a blessing. But uh, they're here with us. Uh, they're going back. They're, they're going to be two nights with Dr. Lane. Um, over in um, Auburn. And then they're going to be a couple of nights with Pastor Jesse Frady up in Kingsport, and then they're going to go down to uh, Greenville, South Carolina, over in Kathy's neck of the woods. We have Brother Ben coming in with this big old forklift of a pastor. (laughs) Pastor Chase. (laughs) Praise God. Let's pray, y'all. Lord, I, I am so grateful that we get to go into the house of the Lord. I am so grateful for your anointing that's in here right now. And I don't want to mess it up. Father, we just receive. Lord, we just right now, we just go on and we just going to just press on in. We're jumping right in. The, we're going to jump right in the river. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to jump right into the river. (laughs) Oh, sweet Jesus. I've needed this for a couple of weeks. Lord Jesus. Oh, sweet God. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to tell you all, you all can get something tonight. There's been times I've come in here and I've wondered, but tonight ain't one of them nights. If you'll extend your faith, Extend your faith like I'm extending my hand. Extend your hand in a, in a show of childlike faith. Just extend your hand and say, all right, Lord, I receive whatever you want me to have tonight. I want it. I want you, Lord. Whatever it is. And yeah, we have an inter- just intervene in my circumstances, God. Just intervene in my circumstances. Come on. We receive you right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now, we're not going to go back out of here the way we came in. We're going out better, bigger. We're going to go out the most. We're not, we're not going out beat down. We're going out built up. We're going out repented up. We're going out faithed up so we can show these people there's a real Jesus in this world, the real Jesus And, Father God, I pray it in the sweet name of Jesus right now. And everybody said,
1: Amen. Amen. Father, we are so grateful for this, for your presence here in this place. We're grateful for you, Lord, for we come to worship and we come, Lord, in all of you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. We thank you for everybody that is here today. today. Tonight, Lord, that you will bless and pour your spirit out. I pray today, Lord, that you will empower the speaker tonight to release the word, Lord. You want to release to the body of Christ tonight. For it is our desire to hear from you. And tonight, Lord, we believe, Lord, that our life's going to be altered. Our our mind's going to be altered. Everything's going to be changed for your glory because, Lord, you're going to infiltrate our hearts and our mind. So prepare us tonight, Lord. And we receive your word. We cannot receive it, Lord, unless you prepare us. And that, Lord, we may be vessels filled with your precious anointing and your spirit residing in all of us. We are grateful that mighty things will take place. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Apostle. Y'all just receive our revivalist evangelist buddy as he comes, Joseph Lee.
2: Praise God. Why don't you guys come up here, eh? And I'll introduce my family, eh? So good to be in Alabama. (laughs) We come all the way from Auckland. That's not Oakland. That's Auckland. (laughs) And it's such an honor to be here. Wow, so excited. We've been traveling. uh, This is our first time in America, and we've been traveling... For two months, now this is our last week of a two-month trip, and we started in Seattle for three weeks, then we moved across, we've been in Wisconsin and Milwaukee for the last couple of weeks, now we're down here for a few days, week and a half, and then we fly back to Hawaii, then we fly back to New Zealand, and uh, it's been a real blessing, and uh, we just want to thank Pastor Mac, thank you so much. For having us come in. You know, we said we were coming down. And um, just a fellowship, Mac. I just said, I'm coming down to fellowship. (laughs) And uh, next minute, here we are. And so I appreciate the opportunity. And I appreciate uh, the relationship that we're building. You know, I um, I met them two years ago in Hawaii with Pastor Raymond Black. And uh, they were flying through, we were flying through, and we just happened to intersect at Pastor Raymond's house. But we never exchanged details. And then for a whole year, I was thinking, I should have exchanged details. How do I get hold of that guy, Lord? (laughs) For a whole year. And then the very next year, we were back in Hawaii, and then they were passing through, we were passing through, and we connected again. At Pastor Raymond's Black House, exactly the same time and place. So I made sure this time we exchanged numbers. <laughs> I thought, this is the Lord. And then I heard uh, Pastor Max share a message at uh, Raymond Black's church. And um, I felt that mantle come down in the room. And I thought, all right. I know enough to know that when I feel that mantle come down, I need to Connect because i'm hungry after the presence of god and so i just want to um honor you guys thank you so much for having us and um i'll let um leslie this is my beautiful wife leslie leslie so i'll let her introduce the kids and you got a word as well you want to say
3: something yeah all right okay do you want to go first judah Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name's Judah.
0: Hey,
3: Judah. <laughs> okay. okay. And this is Ocean. Judah's nine. Ocean, how old are you? Seven. Seven. And who are you? Olive. 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 I'm holding. Say hi. I'm holding. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> she lights the microphone. <laughs> okay. Cool. You guys can sit down. I actually um I had a word. Go and sit down there. Oh, sit with Auntie. Yeah, okay. Um as we were driving in, I recognized that the road sign said Sweetwater, And immediately God gave me the image. Ocean can get the lilies out of my handbag. <laughs> Immediately, um, the Lord gave me the vision of when Moses, you know, when they were out in the wilderness and the water was bitter and he threw a tree into the water. God said, throw the tree into the water and it will make it sweet. And I just feel like um, that this here is a, a place of sweet water that, that you both have been tested and walked through the fire where you have been tempted to be bitter where the enemy has tried to sow bitterness. He's tried to give you opportunity to be bitter, even when um, the enemy has come against you, come against your family, come against your ministry, but that you have passed the test and you have allowed Christ to come into that place and sweeten the water, and that that is going to... Uh, ripple into the rest of the family here, but the rest of the movement, and that you will be known at the sweet waters. That people that have dealt with bitterness, even in their walk with God, and have come out from other places where they've been hurt, where they've been broken, where they've been betrayed, that they're going to come into this place, and bitterness cannot stay. Bitterness cannot reign in this place. That the sweet waters of Christ are going to minister to the broken hearts, and you have passed the test, and then God is allowed that then to be able to take place in this church because you desired and I heard that scripture keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life and that has been one of your your walks, with your, your mandate with God is that you must keep your heart right no matter the cost, no matter the trial, no matter the burden no matter the persecution that you have both kept your heart right and out of that place will come rivers of living water, sweet water and I just pray over this church. And I pray tonight, God, that you would bless my husband and you would bless the Word, that it would just add to that sweet water. It would add to what God is doing here. That there would be an anointing that would come and mix and that there would be an igniting, that it would be like the spark coming to the oil that is already upon this church. And there would be an igniting of something new, something fresh, something more, that the Kingdom of God is continually advancing and that the promised land is And little by little, the Lord says, I will drive them out before you that you may increase and you may inherit the land. I can't give it to you all in one go because otherwise the people of the land and the beasts of the land will devour you. But little by little, you are taking my kingdom. You are taking my kingdom and you are taking it to the lost and broken. Little by little, I will drive them out before you and you are going to increase and you are going to inherit lands. Inherit lands that have been given away to the enemy. God is causing you to come to those places and inherit them in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. Jesus. (laughs) Good word, babe. Anyone else you got a word for while you're here? Jesus, you're feeling that, eh, buddy? You guys are feeling that, eh? Yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come up here. Come on. Yeah, you can, buddy. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Jesus' mighty name, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You've been through a season where you have sown much. I hear the Lord say, you've sown much, sown much, but broad and little. But the Lord is about to shift that over your lives. You've sown, sown, and there's even been a weariness in the season that you're in because you were sowing so much and a weariness crept into your life. And it's like you couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But the Lord says, be prepared because the reaper is about to overtake the sower in your life and you're about to reap the rewards of everything you've sown and there's going to be a joy because if you bring forth seed for sowing, weeping, doubtless, you shall come again rejoicing, bringing seed with you. So fear not at your current situation, says the Lord, for I'm about to shift things. I'm about to shift things. I'm about to shift things in your life. Jesus, mighty name. I just speak fire. Fire against the work of the enemy in your life, against every addiction and every assignment in your life. In the name of Jesus, I break off the weariness of religion. I break off the bitterness of the past. I break off the offense of the past. You've had opportunity to be offended and it's caused to be a stumbling block in your life. And it's a stumbling block in your walk with God. But the Lord says, I will break that off. I will even break that yoke off your shoulder and that burden from a around your neck, today, today, the yoke is broken, today, the yoke is broken, and it's it's going to become clear again, it's going to become clear again, you went through a season where your walk was so murky. Where you believed in Jesus and you still believed in him and you loved him, but there was a murkiness. It became complicated. It became hard. But the Lord is clearing out the murkiness. The Lord is clearing out. Because you know the thing? You know the tree that came into that bitter pool? It was the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh. And if you put the cross, sir, if you put the cross, sir, into the stream, It's going to cleanse out the stream. And the stream is going to become clear again, sir. The the stream is going to become crystal clear in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, come on. Stretch out your hand, church. Thank you,
4: Jesus. Thank
2: you, Jesus. Hmm. Jesus, mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. There's something about you guys tonight. There's like a breakthrough that God wants to bring to your life. Tonight. There's been such a hard season tonight. There's a breakthrough that God wants to bring. Will you let Him tonight? Will you let Him? Is there a surrendering that needs to take place for you guys? Is there a recommitment? Is there a rededication to the Lord tonight? Thank you, Jesus. That needs to take place. Yes. Huh?
4: I'm committed 100% to the Lord.
1: As am I.
2: Amen. Amen. Father, right now, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we recommit to the cross tonight. I thank you, Lord Jesus. That when your cross comes into the picture, everything turns around. Mm. That when you said it is finished, Mm. you left nothing undone. Mm. But you completed the work. And all we need to do is receive that Mm. which you paid for. Mm. The full redemption in every arena of our life. Thank you, Father in heaven. You've taken a lot of the load, sister. Sometimes you feel like you've been carrying it all on your shoulders. But the Lord says tonight you can take that load off. He says, I'll carry it for you. He says, I'll carry it for you. (laughs) You can take it off, sister. (sighs) Father, right now we just come against that burden that my sister's been carrying.
4: Jesus, mighty name, that load.
2: Thank you, Jesus. just comes off your shoulders right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father in heaven. How are you, little man? What's your name? Mason. Mason. This is pretty amazing what's happening, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is the Holy Spirit touching people, touching your mum and your dad. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. Bless Mason, Jesus, I pray. Bless Mason, Father. Jesus, my man. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a God bless for those words? I feel like if I just came here tonight just for you guys, eh? It was worth it. You almost didn't come. <laughs> well, that's because the devil didn't want you to be here. Because <laughs> he knew, you know, he knew 40 times. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a breakthrough tonight because there's a breaker anointing here tonight. Amen. Yeah. To shift you into the new season. Amen. You know, we are in Hawaii uh, in February where we went, met um, you guys, pastors, and um, there was this wife that came into one of our services with her two kids. The wife came crying. Then the kids came crying. They were teenagers. They were broken. We began to minister the love of God. We began to minister healing to them. And then they shared how their husband had separated from the wife a couple of weeks before he was into drugs. He was into alcohol. He was messing with the wrong crowd. And he had finally just walked out of the home and left the wife and the two kids. And so we prayed with them. They needed hope. They needed the love of God. They needed our reconciliation. And we believed God for a breakthrough anointing to come to that family. Just this last month, on our way through to America, we stopped in Hawaii. And we did a one-night meeting, and we saw, here comes the lady walking up the stairs. Here comes the children walking up the stairs. And then I see, here comes this man walking up the stairs. Hallelujah. (laughs) It gets better. (laughs) And then while we were ministering, we began to minister healing. And um, I said, anyone need healing, stand up. This man stood up. And then he came up for prayer for healing, and God just hit this man. He fell to the ground like a ton of bricks. He was a big man. And he got up and he said, two days ago, I had an operation. They removed scar tissue from my intestines. I shouldn't even be here tonight. I came with so much pain. But when the power of God hit me tonight, he said I was completely healed. He said I felt fire all over my body. And I said, what do you want Jesus to do for you? He said, tonight, I'm going to rededicate my life to the Lord. And that's number one, brother. And he gave his life back to the Lord. And then he said to his wife and his kids, he said, I'm going to serve God now. I want you to know I'm for our family. I'm going to reconcile this family. I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to do what's right. And the family got together. They get a big hug. And I was just amazed at the goodness of God. Amen. Because it wasn't just the healing, but it was the full restoration of the family that's what God wants to do is he wants to bring full restoration to the family unit amen husband wife kids I don't know if you got kids that have walked away from God aren't walking for God but there's a full restoration of the family unit amen that's what God's doing so we're so excited to see that when God is breaking through that we're seeing this complete package of what Jesus is doing amen People don't know, but the first thing Jesus do when he preached the gospel, it says in Isaiah 61, he came to heal the brokenhearted. That's right. and too often we want the big manifestations, we want the big miracles, or we want the big deliverances, and we forget that Jesus' main, you know, his top one was heal the brokenhearted. On, and if we would just go after healing of the broken heart, guess what? Everyone's heart is broken in the world. And you get some preachers, you know, they'll just look for that big miracle or they'll just pray for two people and then they'll go and eat their cake and everything like that, you know? Uh Meanwhile, half the people with broken hearts are left in the room going home still broken. But if we would understand that we are meant to love people, that most people come into church with broken hearts then guess what? Jesus is in the healing business. We're gonna see so many healings. We're gonna see so many miracles. If we just focus on the broken hearts and love people, Jesus is gonna do the rest, amen? Yeah. I spent the first 10 years of my evangelistic life, you know, just trying to see signs and wonders all the time until I had a revelation that God just wanted me to love people. <laughs> and the more I began to love people, the more signs and wonders I began to see, Amen. Hallelujah. I began to do the first things first and just love people. All of a sudden, God began to show up and do the rest. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, we went to a church up in Seattle. And uh, the pastor had heard about us. He didn't know us. So we were just going there to visit, right? And there was a guest speaker. And they had the guest speaker come in. And, you know, he was the guy. And so, you know, you knew the whole thing that was going to happen. The guest speaker's going to talk and da 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 and do his thing. And we were just sitting there. We were just guests. And then at the end of the service, he invited us up. He said, "Um, this couple's here from New Zealand. What Can you guys come up and just help us minister at the end, right? And so we were sure, yeah, we'll we'll do whatever, you know. We'll come up, you know. We just want to love people. So we got up there and started to like just uh, minister prophetically to people. All of a sudden, our line just got backed right up. The guest speaker went and sat down. The pastor went and sat down. They just started talking amongst themselves, looking over like, what's going on here? Okay, I guess we'll just keep ministering then. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, guys, uh, we got to go. we got to, you know, uh, the restaurant's waiting. Um, But, you know, you guys can keep doing it. Um, You know, can you, you know, we'll walk outside slowly, shall we? So we started walking outside slowly. The line kept there. Then before you know it, we're standing outside. There's still a line. And the guest speaker and the pastor waved. thanks guys, appreciate it, we'll catch up. And they, they just drove off. Wow. I don't know, I guess they had more important stuff to do than minister to God's people.
4: Wow. <laughs> wow.
2: Now, he's a lovely person, and he was a good preacher, and I'm not knocking them. But why was there a line? Because we just genuinely love people. Yeah. We just genuinely care for people. There's no agenda. There's no B plan. There's no ulterior motive. It's like, let's go love someone. Amen. And when you love someone, people can feel that, right? And they want to draw on that. Amen. They want to draw on that. You know, we did a revival meeting in Wisconsin on Friday, which was only two days ago. Then we drove down 14 hours to get here yesterday. To be here, So we're a little tired. Our kids are a little tired and stuff. So you'll have to forgive us. But we had such an amazing time there. And we saw God do so many awesome things. It was our first time there. And um, in the meeting, we we're doing a healing meeting and people were getting healed and things like that. And then one lady came up. And she said, I got a bad back. And we began to pray. God began to show me she had some childhood wounds. She had some unforgiveness. So she began to release that. And at the end, I said, you know, how do you feel? She said, well, I'm still in pain. I said, but okay, well, what is God doing for you? She said, but I feel so much love. And she began to weep and cry, weep and cry under the presence of God. Now, as an evangelist, you might be trying to, okay, well, i got to go for the healing because i got to show that i got something here and that the gift is working and i got to get this thing going. But I said to the people, you know what? It's not up to me that they get healed or not. It's up to Jesus. But guess what? the fact that she is feeling the love from Father God is more important right now than just her back getting healed. Because God can do that in a minute. Amen. In a minute. But people can be healed and still feel rejected. Did you know that? People can be healed in the physical realm and still go away feeling abandoned, rejection, with childhood wound, with trauma, and they still feel rejected by the local body, but they're healed. Amen. But if we deal with the heart, Jesus will take care of the rest in his own time. Amen. Amen. So we just don't have any agenda. We just want to love people. And we're just so excited just to be able to release that love into the earth, you know. And when we started moving, I'm just going to share testimonies tonight and believe that God will just speak out some things, you know, and got some things to say. But it's just all about love. It's just all about love. I just can't get away from loving people. (laughs) Well, you've never been rejected. Oh, yeah, I've been rejected. You've never been betrayed by people. Oh, yeah, I've been betrayed. You never had a chance to be bitter. Oh, yeah, I had a chance to be bitter. But guess what? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Amen? Hallelujah. And anyway, we're meant to all be dead anyway, so dead people don't feel anything. The fact that you felt something when they rejected you just says you ain't died enough yet. Amen. Amen. We got to go back to that cross and make sure Jesus does the full job on us. Amen. Amen. Come on. We all want that resurrection power, but we got to die first. There's no resurrection without death. Amen. Amen. So we got to use those moments to kill us. So we can be resurrected, hallelujah. So we move moving to the resurrection life, begin to love people, amen? Amen. amen? amen. See, when you reach that point, you don't care what people do to you because you just love people anyway. Oh, yeah. Love covers a multitude of sins. Well, they sending it. Well, your love, it's, it's not human love. That's right. It's not supposed to be human love. You're not supposed to be able to do it in your own strength, amen? Yeah. Amen, that's why it's agape love because yeah. it's a love that the rest of the world don't have. When they get hurt, when they get rejected, they just get hard. But the more that the Christians get persecuted and rejected, the more we love people. People don't know why. They're like, why are you loving me? You know what I mean? Well, I've been cussing you, and I've been doing this, and I did that, and you just love people. Because you put the cross into the bitter stream. You allow that. Bitterness that comes. Hey, offense comes to everyone, right? You allow that stuff to purify your heart. Not that God meant it or did it, but He turned it round. And He puts the cross in the middle. And when He puts the cross in the middle, all of a sudden that stream becomes sweet. Amen. 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 And we've determined in our own hearts, no matter what we're going through, you know, we're just going to continue to love. We're going to continue to let that cross come into our stream to keep the stream pure, to keep the stream flowing in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 Because we've been running now for five years with our own ministry, and we've been running hard, and we can't do it carrying heavy baggage. We can't do it carrying someone else's baggage. Amen? We travel with five kids. we got enough baggage of our own. (laughs) three kids there's five of us we got enough baggage we don't want to carry someone else's baggage keep carrying your own baggage we're going to travel light amen we're going to travel through life light right you know Christianity is meant to be easy (laughs) hey I didn't say that Jesus said it he said my yoke is easy you're like blaspheming up here you're blaspheming in that house you just got here I'm just preaching the bible he said my yoke is easy and my burden is light so what burden are you carrying sister what yoke are you carrying husband (laughs) amen Amen. Come on. Yoke of religion. We just got to get, we just got to take that step back and remember who Jesus is. He's the burden breaker. He's the yoke destroyer. Come on. Come on. He doesn't put anything upon us we can't carry. Come on. There's no temptation that has befallen man. But he makes a way of escape. Come on. He's the escape maker. He's the burden breaker. Come on. That's our Jesus, man. That's our Jesus. The problem is we're doing too much in our own strength and not enough in His strength. Come on, somebody. Come on, we think we know better than Him. Amen. That's why we deal with so many people with condemnation because they're carrying something that Jesus already carried on the cross. Because Jesus said it is finished. But we think, man, there must be something more i got to pay for something I've done. And that maybe I'm just paying it. Those mistakes keep happening in my life. Maybe I'm just paying something, I don't know. And I can't experience the love of God, so maybe it's just not for me. And I don't feel worthy enough. He already took all that stuff on the cross. He said, it is finished. Hallelujah. It is finished. We can step into that freedom. We can step into that Christ-likeness. We can step into that resurrection life. Because it is finished, amen? Jesus, it is finished, man. (laughs) Jesus one day said this to me. He said, son, he said, when you work, I wait. He said, but when you wait on me, I get to work. Hallelujah. I've been doing too much working, Lord. In my own strength and my own ability and my own independence. I began to wait on the Lord. He said, I know you're a good servant to me, but he said, I want to be your friend. Because I've been I've been slaving for the Lord, believing for revival, man. All of my 20s, I got my best, my best years to the Lord. Just going after God. And don't get me wrong, we saw amazing things, but Five years ago, God flipped my world on his head. He said to me, son, if you'll just learn to be my friend, I will show you what I'll do with your life. And then he asked me this question. He said, the prophets that got things from me in the Bible, that shook nations, turned them upside down. He said, the ones that got the most reward, were they servants or were they sons? Were they servants or were they friends? And you know when God asks you a question, he's just not looking for an answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and immediately the spirit of revelation just hit me. Boom! And I thought about Moses. I thought about David. I thought about Abraham. I thought about the 12 apostles that became friends with Jesus in John 15. And I realized that friends get more than servants. <laughs> I said, God, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to be your friend. You know I'll serve you. A son will serve in a family business more than a servant. But I said, i got to learn to be your friend, God. i got to learn to be your friend. Amen. Amen. Come on. That was the original intention of Adam and Eve was to walk with God in the cool of the day. It was sin that brought the sweat on the brow. It was sin that brought the toil, the toil instead of the tending. Remember he said, tend the garden. And then when sin came, he said, now you will toil the earth. Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm not talking about taking anything away from hard work for God, because we travel nine, ten months of the year as a family. So we work hard for God. There's no doubt about it. Sons will do more for the family business than an employee ever will. Get what I'm saying? But we have to learn to walk as friends of God. We have to learn to walk with the yoke that Jesus puts on us, which is easy and light. Amen. Amen. And learn to cast off the unfruitful works of darkness and the yoke of the bondwoman. Amen. The law. Hallelujah. And put on the Son of promise, which goes with laughter. <laughs> you know how you're moving in the promise? Laughter. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> That's why Pastor Max said, I've been laughing a lot at the I said, Well, I thought to myself, Well, that must be the promise. Max moving in the promise. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you're moving in the flesh. Some people start their whole ministries in the flesh. I heard a speaker once say, if, if a ministry starts in the flesh, it has to continue in the flesh, and it's going to end in the flesh. But if a ministry started in the Spirit, it's going to continue in the Spirit. Amen? It will end in the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus. I'm just here tonight to tell you, you know, we've been plowing up in a lot of places, and, you know, just plowing revival and stuff, but I just feel like we can be family tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! Like, this guy, this place is already on fire. They're already doing something, Lord. What can I give? I'm just going to encourage people with some faith. With some faith. Hallelujah. You know, I love how, you know, Max Hart for the ministry and, you know, just talking to me about not wanting to market stuff, just letting Jesus do it, eh? And that's how we started our ministry, you know? We'd been youth pastoring our 20s and we'd done preaching different places and things like that. And when God was birthing our own ministry in us, I said to God, we, you know, we said to God, God, we don't want to do it the way of the world. We don't want to market it. We don't want to make it up. We don't want to Facebook it up. We don't want to do it the way that the young ministers that are coming up might try and do it to get someone started. I said, when you birth it, Lord, you birth it your way. You do it through a miracle so that we know that we know that we know that it's an Isaac, not an Ishmael. Hallelujah. Because you can go to Bible school for three years and get a Facebook page and get a website and get a brand. And, you know, you can birth anything. Amen. Amen. Get a really good thing going, a guitarist and a band and everything like that and draw a crowd and God's nowhere near it. And it'll last for two years and then no one will hear about it ever again. <laughs> amen that's why I like getting along people like this because I like getting the longevity hallelujah. hallelujah give me the wisdom for longevity Lord amen amen so we were just there we were just learning to be friends of God we we're staying on a farm Leslie's parents farm in the middle of New Zealand close to the Shire for some of you and Lord of the Rings land <laughs> they got the biggest amen of the night repent <laughs> and, um, and we were just learning to be friends of God we we're saving for our first house and then all of a sudden we got a phone call from a man we'd never met before never met him never heard of him didn't know who he was he called me out of the blue you say out of the blue in America? <laughs> called me out of the blue he said you want to go to the island of Samoa and God said I'm sending you to the island nations to help bring a revival to the island people just like that, out of nowhere. And it was, a business, it was a business opportunity, so we moved our whole family over there. We started to do business. But in my heart, I was burning for revival. We were doing business. We didn't know one pastor. We didn't know one preacher. We didn't know one ministry. We didn't know no one, apart from the fact the people we were doing business with. And it was some good business. I kept saying to Les, we're living the dream, but it's someone else's dream. Because we're called to preach the gospel. I said, Lord, what do you want us to do here? He said, all I want you to do, son, is just love one person at a time and I'll show you what I'll do. So we just began to love people. Like people would say, oh, it's so religious, Samoa. There's a church on every corner. There's so many different, and half the churches over there. They're not even born again. They just go to church. It's a, it's a club. It's gonna be so tough for you. I said, Lord, it sounds like this religious principality is so big. I said, what are we going to do? We're going to be sucked under. We're going to be controlled. We're going to be all this. He said, just love someone. He said, because nothing's more powerful than my love. No principality can stand against the love of God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we began to love people just on the street. Sick, beginning healed. Things began to happen, you know, just loving people, giving them money, loving people, building relationships. relationship. Don't even know a single person in church yet. And then I was flying back from Samoa to New Zealand on a flight, doing business. They wheeled a child in on a stretcher. The child was in a coma. They put the stretcher into business class. They took out a seat. They put the stretcher right there. And God said, I want you to pray for that child. Here we go. Hallelujah. I said, all right, Lord. I said, here's the deal. Because I'm in cattle class. I'm in the back. I'm not in business class. I said, if the flight attendant leaves that curtain open and walks through, past me, and the curtain stays open, you know they're not allowed to do that. I said, I'll go in and pray for that child. So sure enough, curtain opens, flight attendant walks past me, and I can see the boy right there in the coma on the stretcher. I'm like, here we go, God. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand about this story. I wasn't praying as a pastor. I wasn't praying as an evangelist. I was just doing business. But I was praying as a son of God. I was praying as a friend of God.
4: Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. So I walked in there and I said to the parents, look, um, can I pray for your son? They looked up at me startled. I said I believe Jesus heals today they said yes you can and then I was shocked because I thought I'd just obey the voice of the Lord and I'd say no and I'd go sit back down and I'd just feel good that I obeyed his voice and they said yes please and so I was like okay Lord so we walked up there they got around in a circle we started to pray over this boy and they were like praying really fervent. So I started praying more fervent. All of a sudden, all the business class is looking at us like what's going on? And I'm feeling the presence of God just fall in the plane at 30,000 feet in the air. Just... It was awesome. And after the prayer, they looked at me and they said, you know, let's exchange numbers and we exchanged numbers. The rest of the plane ride, went to bed that night. I woke up first thing in the morning, there was a text on my phone. It's a miracle, our son woke up last night. Yeah. Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. Then they said to me, but when, we, when he woke up, the doctors did tests, they realized he had a stroke. Can you come pray again? So this time he was in a hospital in New Zealand. So then I went to the hospital in New Zealand. He was sitting there in the wheelchair and I walked in, I shook the parents' hands, I prayed for him. As I was put my hand on his knee, his knee just kicked like that. And that young man walks today. Hallelujah. And so they looked at me and they said, you know, who are you? And I said, well, you know, I'm just doing business. I said, but I preach the gospel and I believe Jesus heals the sick. And they said, well, we just happen to be assistant pastors of the largest church in Samoa. Yeah, coincidence. If you, yeah. A coincidence is finding on accident what God intended on purpose, amen? Yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden they said, next time your family and you are in Samoa, we're going to conduct a healing meeting for you. Would that be okay? And I said, yes, sir. And that was the start of it. God did it through a miracle. Wow. Totally unknown, totally unprepared in terms of, But I never lost sight of who I was. I continued to walk as a child of God, being a friend of my father. See, in these days, we need to know who we are. I'm not talking about a churchgoer, that's good. I'm not talking about a Christian. I mean, you guys know it was the heathens in the book of Acts that first called them Christians at Antioch anyway. I'm not talking about a position or a title. I'm talking about that every single one of us in this room must know who we are. Okay. Right. See, this kid's heart's just beating really fast as I'm sharing this story. I just love it. That's how I just get the kids with these stories. Oh, yeah. It's like, you mean me? Yeah, you, man. You can do something for Jesus. Jesus, Woo! I feel that. I feel an angelic presence just come. You can do something for Jesus at a young age, son, says the Lord. Just run with him. Run with the fire. Get around the fire. Get around, men of God. Get around fathers in the faith and run and God will raise you up young. Hallelujah. You're raised up in the fire and in the miracle realm. Nothing's holding you back. Nothing's holding you back. (laughs) Jesus. I'm just losing what I'm meant to be saying. Just under the presence of God right now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Do you know who you are? We need to know who we are in this day and age. More than ever, we need to know who we are. We need to be able to walk into our circumstances and change them. So that instead of coming to pastor saying, pastor, please, please help. I need prayer, I need prayer. And poor pastor's worn out, worn out. We can say, pastor, pastor, I have a testimony. Pastor, can we celebrate? I need to bring you to celebrate with you because something happened in my life because I realised who I am. I'm a child of God and it changed my circumstance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we start to enter into that place where we realise who we are meant to be. Thank you, Jesus. See, I was in Fiji, and we were doing a meeting, and the pastor said to me, we've got a two-night meeting. The pastor said, Joey said, there's a witch doctor coming tonight. And we got him saved about a couple of months ago, but we can't get him delivered. (laughs) I don't even know if you believe it can work like that. I'm just telling you what I saw. And they said, the spirit is too strong in him. It just overpowers us. It's too powerful. Can you help? I said, yeah, I've been messing with the devil ever since I was young. Bring it on. I know I'm a demon destroyer. Hallelujah. So the first night they brought him in and after the time I began to pray for him and nothing happened. Man, It was just stone cold. And I said to the pastor, pastor, I said, I'm going to fast and pray tomorrow, bring him back the second night of the meeting. Well, because we travel with a family, we often stay in one hotel room with all five of us. It's not cozy. It's not the traveling life of a minister. Okay, we just do it. We do what we got to do. I forgot to fast and pray. And so I get to the meeting that night and then I see him walk through the door and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) But praise God for His grace, amen? So after that message, there's just an extra strong anointing in the room. Thank you, Jesus. And so when I got towards him, we got about five feet away, the thing just popped. And he just began to manifest. Just speaking better English than he could because he had that broken English of the island people. But that demon was speaking out of him in better English. I'm the God of the Kiribati people and I've been in them for thousands of years and da-da-da-da and just had to tell me his history. So I told him his destiny. Hallelujah. <laughs> but here's what happened. We began to cast the spirit out and he looked at the pastor, the spirit. He looked at the pastor and he said, you don't have the power to cast me out. I saw the pastor take a step back. He looked at the elder and he said to the elder, you don't have the power to cast me out. The elder took a step back. Then he looked at me come on brother don't ruin the sermon mate (laughs) then he looked at me and he said you don't have the power to cast me out (laughs) I looked at him I said shut up devil yes I do have the power in the name of Jesus come out and the spirit said you're right you do have the power if I if you tell me to come out I have to leave hallelujah and we cast that demon out of that witch doctor amen I'll just tell you the rest of the story. And so basically that evening he got this amazing deliverance. Five o'clock the next morning, a year later he told me the story. He's now an elder in a local church in Fiji. He told me the story. The day after I got delivered of that spirit, I woke up at 5 a.m. in the morning. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I want you to go to every house where you've practiced witchcraft. I want you to knock on the door. I want you to repent to them and tell them you now serve Jesus and ask to pray in the name of Jesus. He went to every house in Fiji. He was well known around Fiji and now ministers and everything. Last time I met him, he showed me a badge. He has this badge. He can legally go into the hospital and pray for people in Jesus' name. He's like a, you know, chaplain guy now. And so I just said to him, What's the difference? Just for fun, I'll share this. I just said to him, What's the difference between the power of serving the power of God and the power of the devil? He said, Well, one of the things is it used to take me four days to heal someone with demonic power. Now it takes me four seconds in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. But here's the thing, what my brother pointed out. They didn't know who they were. They did have the power to cast them out. Amen? They did have the power, but they didn't know who they were. Amen? See, you got to know who you are. And then you got to know what you have. Hallelujah. Two major issues I see when when we're dealing with Christians that are just going through things is, number one, they don't know who they are, and they don't know what they have. You have the same Holy Spirit that a minister does. You have the same Holy Spirit that Peter did. You don't get the mini-me Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. Amen, it's like, you know, you know. we read the revival histories of old and we think, man, they must have got a bigger Holy Spirit than me. I got the little uncle, the little brother, I mean, you know, the mini me, you know, but they got something. And it's like, no, that's the trick of the enemy. That's a lie of the devil. We got to know who we are and we got to know what we have. Amen, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have. I give to you. Well, Peter, that's arrogant saying that you have it. No, it's because he had confidence in his God. It's because he knew what God had put in him. It's and he knew what God had deposited in him. Amen. And if you will know who you are and know what you have, things are going to change in your life. Things are going to change. You're going to look at circumstances differently. It's like what brother prophesied up here. You're going to stop praying for a revival and start being a revival. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. You're going to start being a revival because all of a sudden you're going to realize, I'm not going to wait for the rain to come because i got a river inside of me and i got to let that river out. Yeah. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. I was in Fiji and, you know, I, a pastor said, "I can't wait to see see you know, uh, someone get raised from the dead." I said, "Pastor, that's awesome." I said, "How many people have you prayed for to be raised from the dead?" He said, "None." I said, "You'll never see it then." Exactly. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes, it's like we got to be the answer, amen. We got to be the answer. Jesus in us is the answer that people are looking for. I hope that person's, you know, Jesus comes down and literally touched them to be the answer. You be the answer. You're Jesus with skin on. Amen? Come on, you're Jesus with skin on. Hallelujah. We got to know who we are, we got to know what we have, and we got to know who our God is. (laughs) you understand what I'm saying? I've meant to have been in two, we've meant to have been in two Category 5 cyclones in the last two years. Both of them were meant to fall on the night of our crusades and both times God made them disappear. Hallelujah. Now see, the first time it happened, we were in Samoa, we'd planned this crusade and then they told us, you got to, you got to stop this crusade because it's the, the cyclone's going to—it's a Category 5 cyclone. See, I love these testimonies, Pastor Mac. I don't want to puff myself up. but It's not about that at all. But you know what? It's my history with the Holy Spirit. You know? It's my history. No one can take these testimonies from me, you know? Every time I face an obstacle, every time I face a circumstances, i got history with God. I've got pillars built in the Spirit, marking miracles that no one can take away. And it does something to you. It makes you crazy. It makes you wild. It makes you radical. It makes you dangerous. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> I hope you can understand my accent, guys. Jesus. the first time it happened we're in Samoa and the cyclone was meant to hit Apia which is the capital city of Samoa on the final night of our crusade it was a three-night crusade and they were saying you know you're going to cancel they were boarding up all the shops it was like a ghost town all the villagers were staying at home and I'll be honest with you it's probably a little bit of ignorance I'd never been in a cyclone before So I don't know what to expect, but I said, you know what? We're gonna pray. We're gonna command that cyclone to leave. So we got the whole crusade the first night, command the cyclone to leave. It's still coming. Second night, we got the whole crusade to pray, command the cyclone to leave. It's still coming. Third night, people are telling me, you gotta shut this thing down. I said, no, we're gonna trust God. And we got up that third night, command the cyclone to leave. It was meant to hit at 11 o'clock that night. And all of a sudden, things started to just off the roof of the venue. We just heard big sheets of metal. And I get this sinking feeling in my stomach like, you don't know what you're talking about, boy. It was the voice of the devil. And fear started to grip me. I looked at the translator that had to drive an hour home across the whole island back to his village. I thought, I've killed the translator. I thought, this is it. This is going to go down as the worst crusade in history. They're going to stone me, throw me out of this country, never invite me back. I'm going to kill half these people. I mean, all these thoughts that are coming to me, I'm just like, we just got to get this thing. i just got to do the healing prayer, see some people get touched, get some people saved, and then just get out of here. So I was meant to be hit about 11 o'clock at night. We finished up the crusade. We packed everything down. We're all driving home as a family, and we're seeing, like, you know, things starting to go across the road. The, wind, the high winds are picking up. And I'm just thinking, I have never been in a cyclone before. What was I thinking? This is bigger. This is big. You know what I mean? Like a storm is big, right? I'm thinking, this is big. So we get back to a hotel. And, and, and right there, not hotels like you guys think of. You know, these are island hotels, okay? <laughs> and, um, and there's like this note from the hotel owners with, with some water bottles, some candles, some batteries saying, see you in a couple of days. And we just put that stuff inside it. But guess what? We were so tired from the three nights of crusade, we just all fell asleep. It was like in the bow of the boat with Jesus. You know what I mean? We just, we were out. The next morning we woke up and it was dead still. And we could hear birds singing. And we looked at each other and we were like, something's happened. And we jumped out of bed. I rung one of the pastors that was partnering with us straight away. I said, Pastor, what happened? He said, man, you'll never guess what happened. In the middle of the night, our whole family got back to our folio, which is like a, a house with sticks and all that. And we were just praying. And in the middle of the night, suddenly it stopped. It stopped dead. And all of a sudden, the newspapers brought out. The cyclone left. It was just some high winds. It went from a Category 5 right down. They downgraded to high winds. There was minimal damage. Only Jesus, man. We went to the second island, and Leslie was meeting with one of the pastors. And the pastor said to her, do you know what happened with that cyclone? And Leslie said, "No, no. And she's like, Well, my daughter is a meteorologist. And she said, scientifically, what happened was in the middle of the night, a vertical wind came up from the ground and blew the cyclone into oblivion. (laughs) (laughs) And I've never seen it happen before. And meteorologists in Hawaii wanted the data so they could study it because it's never happened before. And I was just looking one day at this, at what a cyclone actually looks like, you know. And, you know, it takes up a whole state, these things. You know, and I'm looking at this thing on a map, you know, the big cyclone maps. And I'm thinking, God, these things are so big. They take up like half the Pacific. They take up a whole state. And I began to get into doubt and unbelief, like, could you really blow this away? Or was it just some kind of, was it just a fluke? Look how big they are. And I heard the voice of God say, well, how big do you think I am? See, it's about perspective, guys. It's about perspective. Our whole life is a challenge about perspective. How big is God really? How big do we really believe he is? Because the Bible says he fills heaven and earth. He holds all the water of the oceans in the palm of his hand, in the hollow of his hand. But because we're so earthly minded and our perspective is from earth to heaven instead of from heaven to earth, we forget how big our Jesus is. And as soon as something comes along that challenges our faith, we suddenly shrink at the size of the problem instead of enlarge our size, ourselves at the size of our God. You understand what I'm saying? It's not an arm wrestle between Jesus and the devil. Amen. That's just a bad tattoo. It's not Jesus and the devil arm wrestling for control of the world. He's a created foe. He's a defeated foe. Amen. The arm is me and our faith. And do we really believe God is as big as He says He is and He can do what He says He can do? Come on, somebody. Come on. And if we'll know who we are, if we'll know what we have, and if we'll know how big our God is, Then we'll begin to be known in the Spirit. And when we're known in the Spirit, we'll start to affect our lives, our city, our town, our nation. You remember when those sons of Sceva were casting out those demons, the seven sons of Sceva? They were trying to cast demons out of a man, and the demon turned and looked at the man. And he said, Jesus, I know. Of course, he's the son of God. Paul, I know. Ooh, but who are you? And he beat them all up and ripped off their clothes and they ran away. See, we've got to get to the point where we're known in hell. Too many people want to be known on TV. Too many people want to be known in church circles. Too many people want to be known, but the question is, are we known in heaven and are we known in hell? That's where I would like to be known, in hell. Hallelujah. I want to be known. Hell is scared. Hallelujah. We come to town not because of anything, ourselves, but because we know who our God is. We know who our God is, amen. And I was just driving out here and I passed the north to the south and I heard this just this angry roaring in my ears. It was in the spirit, it was like angry, it was like this angry lion just. I was like, man, I don't think the devil's happy with me coming down here. It was just anger. It was just so much anger, Pastor Mac. I mean, it was just anger. And then I was watching the TV last night, the cartoons, the kid watching cartoons, and it had Alabama 200 bicentenary. 200 years. And I was thinking, I wonder what 200 means. And I went online and I looked up the numerology of the Bible in 200. And then I found, oh, there's this one meaning that says the open mouth roar of a lion. And I said, God, there's something about the enemy that doesn't like Alabama right now. There's something about the aggression of the enemy right now, which he doesn't like what is happening in this state, because this state is standing up for Jesus. This state is standing up for the principles of the word of God. This state is standing up for the conservative ideals of this nation. And the enemy is angry. And I looked up, God gave me the word. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I thought, that's right. We've got to remember the enemy is a roaring lion. I mean, I heard preachers say, yeah, but he's got no teeth, you know, he just gums you. And you know, he's just like a roaring lion. He's not really a lion. Well, the devil that I've encountered can really do damage. I think it's disrespectful for, to our foe to say that, you know, I know it preaches well, <laughs> it gets a good amen, but I don't want to disrespect him. I know he's very powerful. I mean, he took the Son of God up to a mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. That's pretty powerful. But the only problem is I know my God's more powerful. Hallelujah. The only, no, I know my God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. I know my God's roar is more powerful than the devil's roar. And I'm here to tell you people in Alabama that God's roar, His lion is more powerful than the roar of the enemy in your life. So He's going to roar. He's going to try and scare you. He's going to put doubt and fear into you. But if you know who your God is and you know who you are and you know what you have inside of you, you're going to begin to let out a roar that's going to scare the devil senseless. It's the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet in this place. Give Jesus a big clap of praise if you believe that tonight. Come on, let out a roar if you believe that tonight. Come on. Holy! 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 Hey, 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 hey. Holy! I'm telling you, God's raising up a group of people. God's raising up a generation. It's not arrogance. It's confidence in who their God is because they're willing to step out and believe the Bible, believe the book of Acts, believe revival history, and believe that our Jesus is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And if He did it back then, He'll do it again. And all we've got to do is get that lion's roar in our heart. Hallelujah. And let the lion roar out of us. And God's going to do things that you haven't seen before. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Get ready because God's about to show us things that we've never seen before. And we wouldn't even believe them if He told us about them. But we're going to shift into belief so He can share His secrets with us and the prophets. And we can run with the rush of heaven. Because if, pro- if you believe God, you'll be established. But if you believe as prophets, the rush of heaven's gonna come to your life. It's time we stopped idolizing prophets and just started believing them, amen? Yeah. Amen, we can't believe the prophetic word, but we know when they came to town because we idolized them instead of believing their words. The Bible didn't say that the rush is gonna come when you idolize the prophets. It says the rush of the Spirit's gonna come when you believe what they say. Hallelujah, I'm done collecting prophetic words. I'm done getting in my journal and just collecting prophetic words and just, oh yeah, I've got this one and this one says I'll do that and this one. I'm ready to fulfill some in the name of Jesus, amen. I'm ready to fulfill some prophetic words in my life. I'm ready to get them in the secret place, begin to wage warfare against the, with those prophetic words and begin to see God fulfill the promises of God in my life. Whew, Jesus. Why don't we lift our hands in this place, if I can have, not all the worship team, because there was a lot of you, but just maybe a, a player. Just maybe a player in this place. Sorry, Pastor, I, I, I forgot what time you guys even go to, I didn't even ask. Yes, please. You know, I just believe in this place tonight that these prophetic words that were spoken up the front were just adding some understanding to what God wants to do tonight. There's people here that you're battling fear in your personal life. I'm not saying that you don't believe in Jesus. I know you believe in Jesus, but I'm saying there's something, either a circumstance, a sickness, a situation. It could just be that you've been to church for so long, you forgot what faith looked like but you want to get that unbelief out of your life. You want to get that fear out of your life. I just believe tonight we're going to come against the spirit of fear and unbelief. Because we want to shift into The next move of God with a light load, full of faith and belief, full of who our God is, ready to take on giants and slay them, ready to roar against the raging enemy with the voice of a lion. So, if that's you tonight, ask the Holy Spirit. If that's you tonight, you've been stuck. See, fear doesn't even look like being afraid of the dark. People say, Well, I don't have any fear. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not scared of anything. But the man with fear is afraid even to test the boundaries, they don't want to test the boundaries. So the fear has them, but they don't necessarily feel fear. They're just not willing to step out anymore. But it's time for us to step out. It's time for us to step out of our comfort zones, because guess what? If you were meant to be comfortable, you wouldn't need the comforter. But God called the Holy Spirit to be the comforter, because He knew we would need comfort because he knew we're going to go places we've never been before and see things we've never seen before. So if you're feeling it on this altar call tonight, you want to break that fear of man, come up here. You want to break that fear of sickness. You want to break that fear of unbelief. You want to break that fear of failure. Lift your hands as you come up.
4: Jesus, my.
2: Come on, sing about fear, babe. Break the power of the fear. Come on. Gone through a wilderness season where nothing seemed to fit as though it would. You like things in boxes, you like things to function and structure, but in this season there hasn't been a bit of structure, and it's been like this thing where you just can't seem to fit the right thing into the right box. And it's begin to be weight even upon the relationship. There's been a begin to just be some cracks because you've been asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in the season? It's not as clear as it used to be. But the Lord says, I'm putting those cracks in you so that my oil can flow through the cracks because you've been vessels for my oil. But now I want the oil to begin to leak out of you and out of your vessel into the people around your life. And so I'm beginning to just live Lift that off you. I'm just meant to lift that off you. It goes. It goes. It goes. It goes. It goes right now. It goes. It goes right now. There's like a weary spirit and condemnation has crept in. You've asked yourself, what am I doing wrong? And it's almost been like a nitpicking in your life. The enemy's just got you going around in circles. But the Lord is just releasing you. He says, my daughter, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Jesus.
4: Fire. 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 Fire.
2: The Lord says, my son, you can't live on yesterday's manna, and you can't live off yesterday's anointing. Because you've ran for me in the past and you've ran in anointings in the past and you've ran in fresh bread in the past, but the Lord is getting to do a new thing in your life and you can't run off yesterday's bread and yesterday's anointing. You have to go get the new bread and the new anointing. And son, the Lord is calling you back into the secret place like it used to be when you were 10 years younger and the secret place was open, but you've been getting into the works mentality but God's going to bring you back into the anointing of God to get a fresh word and a fresh anointing for a fresh season in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
4: Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. ba 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 ba
2: he said, My son, I'm so proud of you. Whew, I'm so proud of you. You're such a diligent man. You're such a faithful man. You've been chosen for the season. I know sometimes you don't feel adequate. I know sometimes you don't feel worthy. But it's only by the blood of Jesus, anyway, that we're worthy. And it's Him that qualifies us. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, my son. But as opposed to your faithfulness, says the Lord, I see you're like Nathaniel. The Lord says, and I'm seeing now an Israelite in whom is no guile, in whom is no deceit. Because you have a pure heart to serve me and you have a pure heart to seek me. And the Lord said, the race is not to the fast, but it's a marathon and it's to the strong that are willing to run all the way. And the Lord says, do not worry about those in your same district or even churches that might be bigger than you or that seem to be running faster than you right now because you're running the race, the marathon race. And the Lord says that it will tell at the end and the vision will not tarry, it will not lie. When it fully reveals itself and is fully manifested, you'll be there at the end of the race, my son. F-fire, fire, fire, fire. Thank you, Father. Jesus, mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. Come on, brother, that's word for you as well. Fire in him, Jesus. I see there's one level of the mantle you're at right now, son. There's one level of calling, but there's another level right in front of you, my son. And I see you're already starting to reach for it in the spirit. You're already starting to function like it in the spirit. You know, and I see that the Lord called Stephen. He said, Choose men full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost that we may appoint over this business. And the Lord calls you, son, full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. You have a Stephen anointing you have a Stephen anointing and I release the evangelist in you. When you were younger, you had a fear of men. When you were younger, you were afraid to speak out in a crowd. When you were younger, you were afraid to speak out in the group. But the Lord says, I'm breaking something off your childhood where there was a fear of man. It's hindered you just from coming into the next level. But the Lord says, I tonight you're going to flow. You're going to fly into the next level. You're not going to be afraid of men ever again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come and lift your hand in this place. You can catch other people's prophecy right now. You can catch other people's prophecy. You can say, yes, Lord, that's me. Yes, Lord, that's me. Yes, Lord, that's me. only you know my daughter the insecurities that sometimes still plague your mind and the war you have with the enemy on the inside of you but the lord says my daughter you are my princess if only you could see yourself like i see you my daughter You would never put yourself down again. You would never be your hardest critic again. You're your harshest critic. (laughs) The Lord says you say things about yourself I never would say. I've forgotten things about your life that you bring up. You bring up stuff to me I forgot about. Lord. He wants you to fly. There's more in you. There's more in you. There's more flight. There's more realms in your worship. There's more experience. There's more breakthrough. There's more. I'm calling it out. <laughs> you feel the fire burning on you right now? Huh? Fire. Fire. Fire, fire,
4: fire. Jesus, there.
2: <laughs> oh, you think pregnancy is going to stop you from how radical you are for God? Oh, no, 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 no. There's double, there's double radicalness. You're going to be double radical. And your baby is going to open you up to a whole new group of mothers, a whole new group of maternal relationships that God's going to use you to be a blessing to. (laughs) Get ready for double anointing. Get ready for double trouble on the enemy. Jesus, no, you're not slowing down. You're speeding up. <laughs> Woo! Watch her, watch her. Woo! Jesus, my name. <laughs> Shh. Come on, come on. Can you take over? Take over, take over. The song of the Lord, take over the song of the Lord. Come on, babe. Quickly. Just fl- keep flowing, keep flowing. Come on. Come on, we're not taking a step down. We're keeping on flowing.
3: I see you worshiping the Lord and I see that he's given you a heart of worship and I see you with this large ribbon and it's so multicolored like a rainbow and I see you worshiping on the promises of God that you are believing for things still in your life and you're worshiping this ribbon is just it's twirling, and you're you're worshiping on his promises. And that you have a heart after him, that you don't just worship and thank him when something's done. That you worship and thank him on the promises he's declared over your life. And that you declare and you praise him and you love him and you rejoice in him because of who he is. And he says, because of this, whoa, you are going to see breakthrough in my life. You're going to see breakthrough in your life. You're going to see breakthrough in the very things that you've been declaring, and the very things that you've been desiring, and the very things that you have desired to see. Whoa, your praise is going to open the windows of heaven. Your praise is going to open the windows of heaven. Your praise, your praise, your honor, your joy. Because you have not held back your praise while you've waited for the promise. But you have praised me on and because of the promise. Ho! Shhh! I see you like David and I see you like you have a heart of David and I see I just hear the scripture where it says that you make me to, make me to lie down. You lead me beside still waters. And you make me to lie down. Oh, and those green paths, those green meadows. I just see this meadow of the Lord. And I just feel like at different times in your life, you felt overlooked. Even like David, you felt overlooked. You felt like that people around you feel, seem more gifted, seem more anointed. You feel like the favor is on others. And that at different times, the enemy has lied to you and says that you're overlooked. God doesn't see you. God doesn't favor you, but I see him calling you out right now. You were the one that was in the field that no one else could see, but I could see. You were the one worshiping and honor me that no one else could hear, but I could hear. You were the one, and I break that right now. I break that right now, where you have felt overlooked by the Father, because he says today, I see you, and I hear you, I see you, whoa, and I hear you, I see you, and I hear you, And I'm calling you to a place of great influence and favor that you have felt overlooked and you have felt left out at different times. But that's because you'd been in the place of intimacy with me and honoring me and being faithful in the little, faithful in the little. And I'm going to make you ruler over much that in your coming years that you are going to be a leader. You are going to be one of great influence. You are going to be one that I place, well, ruler over much because I have seen you in the secret and you have been faithful with the little. You have been faithful in heart, you have been faithful in action, and you have been faithful in life. I have not overlooked you, but you have been prepared for such a time as this.
2: Pastor, I don't know what you want to do, Pastor, if um, you want um, some of your leaders to help us pray, and and if there's people that really do want that prayer from me, just to stay up here, but I'm happy to pass it over, if that's all right, okay, (laughs) okay, thank you, Jesus, okay. Okay, Jesus, mighty name. Just come down here, guys, eh? Come to the center if you haven't got prayer yet, eh? Can we just keep playing something? Jesus. I spend time with people sometimes because I actually care about people, and sometimes it's like there's a ministry of love that the Lord wants to do in people's hearts. So if you guys can just be patient and stay focused, okay? The Lord will get to you, amen. We just have this personal vendetta against cancer. I don't know if there's anyone with cancer here tonight. If you want prayer as well. If you've got anything cancerous, we just have this thing. We want to go after it tonight. I also felt like there's someone's shoulder as well that was just really troubling them. I had a word of knowledge in the room out the back there earlier in the service. Like just a shoulder that's troubling someone. Is that you, son? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just command this shoulder pain to leave right now. In Jesus' name, I just command it to go right now. Pain. You know, the the, the shoulder is the seat of authority. It's the seat of governance. And there's been a battle in your life around authority. You've had some authority that's betrayed your life. But God wants to bring you into a place of alignment with authority Because there's something that he wants to put on your shoulder. There's a mantle of your own that he wants you to carry. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, I command the pain to go. He's going to remove that pain. It just clicked right there in the name of Jesus. Just lift up your hand right now in the name of Jesus. How's that, brother? It's gone, eh? It's gone, amen? (laughs) <laughs> Even as your shoulder pain is gone my son the Lord says over you so I've removed the, the the issue from your past that held you back from coming into the fullness of God's mantle for your life yeah. in the name of Jesus yeah. Fire It's like a shadow of your past is still lying, like a shame. I just rebuke right now the spirit of shame over you concerning some things that happened in your past that still sometimes hold you back from the full call of God. God wants you to run into the call of God, son. It's not time to second guess or look back, son. He calls you pure and holy in his sight. He says, you're pure and holy in my sight, son. It's time to run.
4: Shoo, fire!
2: It's time to run. Young man, says the Lord, have I not put the sword in your hand? Have I not put the sword in your hand? Have you not known the word of God even from a young age? The word of God is the sword in your hand. It's time to fight with it. It's time to war with it. It's time to bring out what I put in your spirit and begin to teach the youth and teach the young adults and begin to teach and use what I've put in you and release it because I've put in you from a young age and you've known me. It's time to wield it as a weapon against the enemy. Stand up on the inside and touch your generation with the fire of my spirit. Fire. Fire. You guys ever felt the presence of God before? You felt the presence of God before? Okay, I want you to lift your hands. Close your eyes. Now the Holy Spirit's our friend, remember? Remember? So just like you would ask a friend to come around and play, you have to ask the friend of the Holy Spirit to touch you. Are you ready? Say, Holy Spirit. Fill me right now. Jesus, mighty name. That's it? That's it? You got it. You got it. They got it. Kids are getting it. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus.
4: Thank you, Father.
3: I see, I see the back door of your house. And I see a vision of this back door. And I, I see all these different shoes lined up at the back door. I see work boots. I see running shoes. I see heels that are beautiful and like sparkling. I see, uh, we call them jandals. Uh, sandals? Sandals. And I, saw, I see all these different types of pairs of shoes. And I, I see that at different times you've felt boxed into one type of person. Like you're this type of person, you're that type of person, you're this type of person. And at different times it's felt like it's limited you and your expression towards God. And I see you putting on the work boots and that feels natural and it fits and you don't mind going out there outside and just getting things done, mucking in, doing the work. I see you wearing like the running shoes and that you're fine to just like, all right, let's work out, let's, let's go for it, let's keep healthy, let, all these different things. And then I see you put on the sandals and you're such an outdoorsy person. But what I also see is that I see these heels like a bride's heels. Not being worn as much. Not feeling as comfortable or natural to put on. That you're fine to put on the work boots, you're fine to put on the sports shoes, you're fine to put on the, the, the sandals. But I hear the Father saying, you are also my bride. You are also my princess and the value of being my daughter, my bride, my princess. I want you to slip those shoes on my daughter because that is also who you are. It is also how I see you. You are my royalty and I paid for you with the price of my blood that you would be my bride. And there's been a fear of intimacy But the Lord is going to draw you into first love. He's going to draw you into that place. Because sometimes you can busy yourself and be busy for the Lord. But He's going to draw you in and He's calling you in right now to be His bride. He's calling you in to be His princess. He's calling you in to that place of intimacy and romance. He wants to romance you. He wants to romance your heart, that that's been missing, that sense of intimacy and really knowing how loved and how absolutely valuable and precious you are. I know all the things that you do for me and you wear those other shoes well, but these shoes, you are my Cinderella, he says. And I am the prince that has come to pursue you.
2: Now, is there anyone with, because um, we want to go after the cancer thing. If there's anyone with lumps or things I'm not sure about. A family member of yours. Okay. Okay. what's What's their name? Okay. And also my son felt like that there's someone here that he's to pray with, that your name begins with K? No? And M. K and M. Okay. Hmm? Okay. Pardon? K with M, maybe. Yeah, maybe K with M. Is there anyone here that you have K in your name and an M? Or maybe it's a family. It's a family that it's the same in the family? Huh? We're a part of the Knapp family, but he's a Michael. Okay. But my last name is But his last, our last name is yeah. K? Knapp K? K N A P P. Yeah. K N A P P. And his name is Michael. Okay. Do you need anything from the Lord?
4: Uh,
2: what healing do you need? Uh, diabetes. And okay. And okay. So his name is the K and the M son, Michael. And they come from the Knapp family, which is K-N-A-P-P. And he needs healing. My son has a healing anointing. So that was the words of knowledge he had. So we're going to lay hands on you right now for healing. Father, thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We just come against diabetes. We come against the back pain. Right now, I just speak to that spirit of infirmity to go from you right now. In the name of Jesus. Now you pray, son, okay? Say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I command the spirit of infirmity. I command the
4: spirit of infirmity. To leave him right now. To leave him right now. Back.
2: Back, Be healed. Be healed. Diabetes. Diabetes. Leave now. Leave now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fire. Jesus. Fire. Go. In Jesus' mighty name. Go. Fire. Fire. Leave, pain. I command you to leave right now. Go, pain. I command all the pain to leave right now to your back. In the name of Jesus. Fire. According to the word of knowledge. Fire. Jesus. Just begin to move your back a little bit.
4: There's fire
2: all over you, dude. Just move your back man there's fire all over you right now that's fire all over you right now that's why your glasses are fogging up man that's fire right there <laughs> how you feeling man feels better just being to move around a little bit man just move a little bit fire how's that I
0: don't feel the pains from where it used to pull and
2: You don't feel the pain
4: then? No, I don't feel where it pulled from.
2: You don't feel where it pulled from anymore? Come on, can we give Jesus a God bless tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Amen to that, man. That's fire on you, dude. God's healing you, not only your body, not only your blood, not only your back, but also just in your brain, the emotional stuff. There's some anger sometimes. And the Lord said, I'm just going to heal the whole thing, man. I'm just going to do a full restoration. Just a full restoration in your life. (laughs) In Jesus' mighty name. Let fire just fall, Father. Consume him right now. There's fire on him right now. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. Just come get some overflow of that right now. Thank you. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus. Hold hands, guys. Hold hands. Hold hands. <laughs> That's the only one you need, sister. Jesus, mighty name. Just release that fire right now over you, over her, because I'm, I'm just sensing right now that this is a shift in your marriage in your, or your relationship, sorry. This is a shift right now, and that there's going to be a new fresh anointing between the two of you Right now, in Jesus' name, a corner near of the Spirit. And some of the blockages that the enemy was trying to put in, some wedges, I just see them being removed right now. Some wedges right now are being removed right now. Fire. Fire. It's burning. It's burning. Receive that. Receive that. It's burning. It's burning. It's burning right now. It's burning right now. Just stay there praying for one another. God's doing something in your marriage right now. I mean, your relationship. I don't know if they, they... Thank you, Jesus. This lady had the lump son over here. Okay. Lay hands on her son and just pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, brother. What you If you, to, if you were to ask the Holy Spirit. to ask the Holy Spirit right
1: now, to ask the Holy Spirit
0: right Jesus. I heard the Lord say that people are looking for temporary fixes when the problem's eternal. It was clear. And I don't know who that is, but. The temporary fixes never work. And it, we're usually looking at somebody else for a temporary fix when the problem's an internal thing in us that we hadn't been able to give up. And I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. It's one of my favorite songs ever. When Misty Edwards started singing Baptize My Heart with Fire, I had to pull the car over. I was riding down the road and the first time I ever heard it was I don't know how many years ago. I just had to stop. My God. Then she goes and sings, even the little children know when to dance. And another I like to I couldn't stand that. that. that that CD was just too much for me. That first time I heard it, it overwhelmed me. That was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me is getting a hold of that. So when you started singing that, I just, God help me. It just took me right back. Lord I just pray for our church for the joy to be translated into what's eternal I pray for you to baptize our hearts with fire all of us all the children, the babies the babies in the womb that you would baptize all our hearts with fire fresh and anew like little children again that we would have a child likeness it was unusual. The glory of God would be so strong. That we wouldn't be too old or too young or too out of it or too tired or too disconnected. But we would actually focus and we would allow our heart to open up and you would baptize our heart with fire and give us a strong desire again for you. Fresh and anew. Fresh and anew. I speak fresh and anew. Fresh and anew, the wind of God. Baptize our heart with fire. Fresh and anew, the wind of God. The wind of God.